Bonobi is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness because we are the culture. Welcome to Bukaka, y'all. What the deal be everybody here in Chicago? This is your boy, Kali Fadams of the Spawn of Me podcast. We are here rocking it, making it happen and making it hot. We have a fantastic show for all of you at home today. I am very excited to have you all here in the audience, hanging out with us on Twitch, hanging out on the front page of Twitch, making it happen, doing cool things and making my head shiny because of the beautiful lights that I have around me. Look at this beautiful nonsense that we have going here in my basement. First of all, you have to give love to the wash your hands, wash your butt sign that's in the in the background. Huge shout out to our wonderful friends over at Twitch for sending that over for Black History Month. I know they did not expect me to put that on it, but hey, this is the thing that we've been talking about to make sure everybody is okay in terms of COVID. Keep your hands clean. Make sure you're doing your stuff. Wear your mask. Do all the cool stuff right there to so make sure everybody is safe. If you missed our last show, you missed a banger. Please, please, please make sure to go and check out all the stuff that we have on the podcast feeds over on fanbite.com and all the wonderful places that you go listen to podcasts and shows. Uh, again, we have had so much fun over the past couple of weeks. Front page, a Twitch. We've been doing cool things in uh, on billboards in lower Manhattan. We have been having some fun conversations here on the podcast here on. We even did a TikTok. Well, look at that. I'm not old. I did a TikTok. Look at that. It's actually happening and it's become a thing. Uh, but all that said, um, we have a fantastic show today. I think there's a lot of conversations that happened in the past week about the Twitch transparency report. Um, that I think we are going to have some amazing folks to be able to have a cool conversation about that for sure. Uh, please welcome to the stage and to the show, massive love to DJ Wheat and Angela Hessian. How are you both doing today? How's everything going? Great. I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for uh, for having us. This is this is awesome. I'm excited to be here. Very cool to have you both here. Um, I have been very excited at the prospect of snagging you two to be on the show, and especially because of the work that you've been doing, um, not only here on the platform, but I think there's been some really good conversation that has kind of bubbled up through the work you did a couple of days ago on 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 the front page of Twitch uh, with the Creator Camp and, and having a lot of conversations there around the transparency report that was you know, cultivated and curated and put out into the world. So I wanted to say, first of all, thank you for being here after hours. I know it is not usually in the nine to five schedule to be here rocking on a stream, but I'm very excited to have you both here. I, I told, I told Marcus a little bit right at, right before we got online that I was a big fan of your work and, and love the stuff you've always put out into the space, always great energy and always, you know, feeling like as, as, as the ultimate Twitch ambassador, uh, uh to, to be able to, to kind of share the good work that you've been doing so again thank you for being here uh appreciate your time thank you uh, and and, and angela i've been a big fan of your work as well because knowing the stuff that you've been doing over at xbox and now working here at twitch uh it has been very very cool to see to see the conversations that you have kind of been you know pushing forward and cultivating with the work that you've been doing as well so thank you so much for being here too um the, the first things I kind of want to dig into, I think that, you know, I want to give the folks at home, some of the folks who may not have, you know, initially even seen the previous stream that you did uh, or have kind of been caught up on the news of what the transparency report is here for. Um, Angela, I want to I want to I want to give you the stage to kind of talk about the, the reasons why 
this was so important? What was the kind of effort that it took to get this thing done? And, and what was the kind of impetus for it? Absolutely. So a transparency report is actually an industry report that you'll mm -hmm. see many technology companies actually publish. And we were excited and had been working on this for about a year now. So our transparency report really reflects a lot of work we've done across trust and safety in 2020 um, as a number one investment. And why it's important for us, we want to share it is usually transparency reports that technology companies share and publish really reflect on, you know, the audience of regulators and advertisers on what we're doing across moderation and enforcement on our service. And it's really that public benchmark of showing what we're doing to keep our service safe. And what I'm really excited about, you know, it's, it's really our first time publishing the report. So that's exciting. But it showcases our approach to how we think about safety, our philosophy, content moderation, our policies, and at the very foundation, our community guidelines. So everything really ladders up from our community guidelines of a layered approach of how we think about safety. So I'm really excited. I'm here representing a big team that's done a lot of great work in 2020. Yeah, and, it, and thank you for sharing that. I think one of the, the, the best parts about me kind of digging through it and, and reading about what you were all kind of surfacing was seeing just how even different it was from the beginning of, you know, excuse me, in the beginning of, you know, 2020 to now, right? Until, until the time that's kind of come out in terms of, you know, not only the breadth and depth of, of, of where most of the work is happening, but also seeing the, you know, the spikes in numbers that that's happening on the platform there as well. Yeah. Marcus, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about, you know, you get to see the, 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 the sauces gets made, sauces get made from the back end a lot of times and, and, and how, you know, unfortunately, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure the therapy bill is, is high uh, and I appreciate it. Uh, keeping yourself safe in there mentally. Um, but I'm, but I'm curious because you have, you know, a very special job in terms of connecting to the community in a way that is unlike a lot of the folks on, on the Twitch staff, right? Where, you know, folks are like, Hey, Marcus, this is a thing that I'm seeing, you know, you're kind of front line of defense besides switch support in terms of the most kind of yeah. visible face of that. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about, you know, what the, you know, what did people kind of come to the, to the report with? How did the, the reception feel in terms of the conversation that you had, you know, yesterday Yeah, uh, and, and how yeah. it's kind of bridged out? I think, uh, so let me, let me start by saying, I think Angela definitely echoes this sentiment is that like, we understand that there is inherently already kind of a uh, an issue with the fact that it's called a transparency report because <laughs> we have used the word transparency with our community in like one particular way. Mm -hmm. And this, which is, as Angela mentioned, kind of something that is an industry standard, transparency is much different to right, them in, in, in different ways. So you know, as a creator and as a community member myself, I, I, I could see kind of the nuance in, in that alone. So uh, the reason I bring that up, Cleef, is because I think the reception, you know, ultimately there was a lot of people that had that initial reaction. Well, wait a second. Like we've talked about transparency before Twitch. This is a little bit different than what we've talked about in the past. Well, others, I think, understood 
oh, this is something that right uh, these tech companies typically do. Um, and then others, I think, were ultimately really kind of trying to understand it better. And I think we got some great questions during the creator camp that were indicative of exactly that, Cleef. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, just hearing certain questions come out, especially ones that are like, hey, how does some of this data inform the decisions that you're going to make in the future? Like, that's a great question. Yeah. It means that someone, a creator, a moderator is thinking about it um, and hopefully the ways that, that we hope uh, they will. And we understand that the transparency report, and Angie could probably comment on this, it, it's not necessarily written for the community per se it yeah, is right. for the yeah. community but it is definitely geared towards kind of uh you know a, a different audience but to that point i'm glad we got the opportunity then for angela and i to at least walk through it and right and answer the questions from a creator perspective and angela maybe you could talk more about the you know, the audience kind of that a transparency typically yeah. is that's very much focused on regulators and advertisers right mm. so that's really why the you know, a lot of companies actually publish this to share with regulators and with advertisers how we're approaching or how they are approaching uh, safety on their service or on their platform. And back to what Marcus said that, you know, the word transparency can be very misleading. And it wasn't a term that we picked. I would say I would call it a clarity <laughs> report. I would call right. it something definitely different because <laughs> it's definitely not a transparency report. You know, in the community, like being able to pivot and have that conversation so they understand like, no, this is really sharing with you the ins and outs and in the weeds of how we are measuring safety and approaching it on our service. But it's not a transparency report where we're going to say, oh, well, why did we ban this person or why did we do this, that or the other thing? Like those are privacy concerns that we don't share that information publicly and never have. I don't, it's not fair to the creator or the person. I, I appreciate that clarity and, and clarification because I do think that there is is, is often a, a a barrier to communication that happens between the platform and the community in a way that sometimes I don't feel is is it's um it's not malicious I don't think I, I don't think it's one of those things yeah. where where folks are like we're we're trying to obfuscate things for a reason in a way that is not going to give people good information I do think and this has been a part of the conversation that we've had especially within the POC community has been. You know, how do we how do we figure out good ways to one trust the platform to do what it needs to do to help mm -hmm. us continue to be, you know, our, our best selves and safest selves on the platform, which I think is always important, um, while also understanding that sometimes there is a space where, you know, the platform misses a step. Right. And we get a chance to, yeah. you know, share those share that feedback in, in sometimes good and sometimes not great ways. Uh, uh, to, to back back to the platform um, in a way that feels most genuine and and you know a lot of times people are in their feelings about it because they're being you know harassed or aggrieved or, or any of that kind of stuff. So I mm -hmm. understand from both sides giving space and grace for for everyone involved. I guess my question would be since the the idea around this transparency report is kind of more for the industry and, and less for the community in that way. Is there a way to have that layman's version for the community that they would then be able to absorb in a way that feels like it's not giving up private information in the way that you don't want to do, but it feels like it's giving the folks at home a better understanding of not only how, how everything kind of works in the back end, but gives them good information that they can then use to one, continue to keep themselves safe and build more trust back to, 
to the platform. Do you, do you feel like that's a, a thing that you're thinking about in some form or fashion, Angela, in the rest of the team that you're working with? Absolutely. And that's a great question of like, how do we reach our creators and our community where they're at? And, you know, one thing I love about Twitch, there's many, uh, I love the values and the approach and how much they actually care about their community is that, you know, they listen. And, you know, one of the, you know, DJ Wheat and I have been talking about this is that how do we create more of that feedback loop? Mm -hmm. And we're starting to take some of that feedback as we look into the transparency report V2, because we'll do another one. We're doing this every six months right. of how can we also look at data that's important and information to our community. And we heard some of that feedback, right, DJ Wheat, that, you know, some interesting aspects that we could add. So the challenging part about transparency reports is that there's no standard yet. So, you know, mm -hmm. there are some flexibility of what we can include in our report. So we are taking that feedback. And part of, you know, the partnership with DJ Wheat is that we want to do more education and more engagement with our community. And that's where we're doubling down and investing more because there are policies that are written for lawyers <laughs> and you can see that, but if nobody understands what we're trying to do, we've really lost the opportunity yeah. to engage with our community. So I, I'll let DJ we talk about it, but we've had multiple conversations of why this is very important in our, hearing that feedback loop from our community of what they would like to see from us. Mm. Yeah. I mean, all I would really add to what Angela said, I think uh, very nicely is that Look, the reason why I think Twitch is so damn special is because now 10 years later, almost it's about to celebrate its 10 year birthday. It has tried and true been built alongside the creator community. Hmm. And, you know, look, sometimes uh, that relationship has been rough and sometimes <laughs> that relationship has been golden. And, um, you know, I think that we're committed to continue to work on that relationship with in new ways and, and uh, ways that make sense. And I, I hope that, you know, people see that this is one of them. But to your point, Khalif, like, you know, we, look, I mean, we've we've definitely made mistakes in the past before i would like to hope that we've done some pretty great things too and, and no one necessarily is uh, at twitch like you know pop the bottles of champagne we did a trade <laughs> i mean no. actually that's probably i probably should say that. a lot of people put a lot of work into this yeah. but um i think you know it, it is exciting to see and hear especially having someone like angela who really wants and and knows how important that community feedback loop can be i mean her past experience at, 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 you know, Microsoft and Xbox, I think cr clearly exemplifies that. Um, but I want people to always remember that this is much the creator platform as it is Twitch's platform, right? Like, it, and, right. and yeah. that is so important, um, you know, in the, the future of everything that we all do. Yeah, I, th I think that there is, um, again, I, I, I use the word grace often because I think in, in an internet mm -hmm you know, specific world that we all live in and ones that were, you know, this is the backbone of a lot of folks's, you know, livelihoods. This is, you know, Twitch wouldn't be here without the internet in a bigger way. And that comes with some, with some great things and some not so great things that, that, are, that you're all fighting on a daily basis. I think that one of the things that I, that I think about often is, you know, when I'm talking to folks that I back channel to and have conversations with to say, I see the work that's happening here. And I understand that every time that you, that you, you get something right, you're not going to get as much grace because of the things you wind up getting wrong. And that's kind of the sad part of the internet, 
right? Uh, folks, <laughs> folks love to dig into the negative and not deal with the, any of the positive, which I think is not great as well. But the 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 thing that I do find fantastic is, you know, and I'll use this for an example. I think, you know, um, we just came off of of, of the Black uh, Creator Summit, and there were some good conversations that you that you helped to spark, Marcus, there. Uh, we're folks on the team. Um, and I think that the, some of the conversation that we had that I can't talk about because it's, 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 we're not supposed to, but is um, I, 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 I go back to the conversations that I have with my other creators in that space. And I know that with the gripes that we have that are super reasonable, again, I think that the conversations that we're having amongst ourselves and bubbling up to all of you at, at, at the platform have value and you've all said that they do and you're making strides to do that and i would take the black history month activation that we just finished as a really good example of how not only you know back to back pock champ and also uh the black history stuff back to back really smart and nimble maneuvering from all of you to say oh we missed the mark on this one thing let's double back and figure out ways to to, to have good conversations about how do we fix this um while also for the most part keeping you know everybody as safe as you possibly can so i would say you know there's been good strides there that i think that i want to give you all kudos for because i think that that's important to tell people that they did a good job when they do a good job um but one of the things i do want to dig into is is um something that's you know it came from the numbers that i thought was actually really interesting and i thought and i want to get your philosophy on this because i think the numbers are the numbers. And again, that's not going to really give us the, the conversation that I want to have here because that is not really for us in that way. That is, that is for the number crunchers to a certain extent in the analytics. <laughs> um, so, so uh, there was one um, around um, hateful conduct, sexual harassment and harassment, which I thought was, was a really interesting thing. That's the thing again, that we in our community were constantly fighting against and, and, and it is a big, issue within you know us being able to do the work that we do um one of the numbers that came up and it said user reports for hateful conduct sexual harassment and harassment toward i'm sorry let me read that over user reports for hateful conduct sexual harassment and harassment increased by 19 percent from year one to h1 to h2 you can read the report to see what those numbers actually are in that respect um and it showed that in the chart, enforcement actions in those categories have increased by uh, 214% um, and 158% respectively. Um, I Thank you for sharing that because I think that's interesting. Two points to that that I want to kind of dig into. Yeah. One, this is the philosophy side of it. So, you know, put on your philosophy, philosophy hats on this. <laughs> the number that stuck out in that thing was the 19%, right? And that's a 20, 20% rise, it seems, from the time point to time point. The trend feels like, and again, this, if you feel like and you have more data to back this up that tells me I'm wrong, please tell me. But the feeling from the community is alongside everything that's happened in the political space over the past four years, conversations around rising hate and hate crimes, conversations in a lot of different things, that that number is not going to go down anytime soon, Right. I don't believe it is. Uh, that's my feeling. A lot of folks in the community don't feel like that number is going to go down anytime soon. It's probably going to rise in some form or fashion. My question for both of you is with the, with the exponential growth on the platform that you're continuing to see, knowing that this number is going to kind of go up, what are some of the things that besides the, 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 the kind of tools that you're building into the platform that you and the rest of the teams are thinking about 
to kind of help combat the rise of what we see on the platform as opposed to just the numbers that we currently are kind of seeing. Um, Marcus, I'm going to go to you on that one first to see, you know, some of your thoughts there. Well, Angela's the expert. I think she needs to start here. I, I, and I'm let totally me... fine to pass it back. That's totally, yeah, that's totally yeah. fine. I, so I, I'm gonna, I, yeah, let's yeah. start. That's fine. So the, the team, so as you know, we, we released the hateful conduct and harassment policy and yeah. start enforcement uh, in, in January. Yep. Um, so the team was trying to get ahead of this. I mean, we saw through COVID, um, you know, some of the challenges. I kind of want to break it down on a service level, yeah. uh, operations level, and then also the technology. Because one of the things that's really important to me is that all of those things actually have to work together mm. to combat these type of um, you know, hateful conduct and harassment is a huge abuse vector, right? And um, you'll see us continue talking more about that at a high level theme of all the areas that we're focused on on combating that, to your point. But I'll talk about it from a policy perspective that will lead into the operations conversation. Mm. We actually, the policy that I have, of course, I'm going to brag about my team, but you know, one of the best head of policies <laughs> ever. She's so thoughtful um, in how she thinks about this and really does a lot of research and investigation. It was to make the policies clear, Yeah. right? So we actually said hateful conduct, harassment, and then sexual harassment, and we broke it out. Now, why that's important is that when we have an enforcement team and our um, specialists, from our um, content moderation team, it makes it easier for them when we have more clarity of what we mean by that and give examples that they actually can enforce more on scale, right? So mm. if you provide more clarity of what it means, and what I love about what we did with this policy, because you know, hateful conduct and harassment, you know, we all need to be better across all multiple social services. How we start working through this together, mm. but. What I love about this is we no longer said it's about the intent, right? A lot of people say, oh, well, I didn't intend for that to be that way. Sure. No, no, no. It's about the impact you have. You know, there's many times you'll be with somebody like, oh, I didn't, I didn't intend it to be that way. No, it's the impact you had. Right. If you look at how the policy is written, it's, it doesn't matter what you intended to do. The impact you had on the person, that's what's important. Now, what we also did from the operations side is that we actually scaled and invested 4X on the operation side for specialists to be able to take these type of hateful conduct and harassment um, user reports. And then on the other side, because I think, you know, it's what's important for content moderation to work together is proactive and reactive and proactive is the machine learning models. So the product team, huge kudos to them. They worked very much on machine learning models to start pro like proactively flagging even people that didn't even report things that look like hateful conduct or harassment for our specialists to review. So it's not like it was an enforcement on the spot. We still use human beings to actually look at it, but we actually improved our machine learning models when it came to violence score and harassment. And so both of those things together are important. And we're going to continually refine our models so that, you know, we look at any type of bias. We actually make sure we're being more international in our approach as well, because it's very unique context when it comes to these type of um, hateful conduct and harassment is very different in different regions and countries around the world as sure. well. I, I love that. I'll answer. jump in here now, by yeah. the way. I wanted Angela to, to, to really lay it out. Um, let me let me put my creator hat on. For yes, a second, please. Right. I mean, um, I've been making content online for a very long time been playing games online for a very long time. 
And uh, I think that it is completely fair, Khalif, for you to say, you know, we we kind of exist with the baseline toxicity when it comes to gaming. Right. And it's unfortunate. And, you know, Angela's very familiar with that too, right? Uh, I mean, some of my oldest videos are talking about, you know, s some of the things that were, people were doing and saying on, on Xbox Live, right? Sure. It's been something that's existed. Last year especially represented a very difficult time for our creators mm -hmm. because of the many things that you mentioned, uh, social injustice issues, the pandemic, uh, politics, right? All things that really do tend to, to certainly um, bring out the best in people and the worst in people. Sure. And, um, you know, I think, right, uh, I'm glad that Angela kicked off with like all of these things that we're doing because that's how we're thinking about it. But there's no doubt, like we have to acknowledge that it has been an incredibly tough year. There's probably been more. I'm not saying that that's what the data represents. That's sure. not what I'm trying to say here. But I am saying that I know I've experienced as a creator. I know that I've talked to creators that are experiencing it and, and not just like a general gaming toxicity anymore, a kind of life seeping into streaming in some ways. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, 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 it's the reason why the work that Angela and her team is doing is so important is the reason why it is so incredibly important for creators to have strong moderation teams that they trust and have confidence in. Um, and you know, I, I also think it's just important for us to talk about it because yeah. at the yeah. end of the day, I do think the gamers, the creators, uh, we have to figure out our way to combat against even the baseline toxicity in gaming, uh, sexism in gaming, racism in gaming. So um, I, I, I just want to say that because those things are always things that someone is thinking about in some way, shape or form. And, you know, I'd love to see a way that the Twitch community can also think about it together, right? A viewer and creator community. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, you know, the work we do here at Swanami is, is trying to combat that, you know, the work that you're all doing with, with some of these campaigns is trying to, is trying to do that. So it's something, you know, today about stopping, uh, you know, hates, hate against the Asian community with, with the bubble up of, of that happening, which has been great to see the platform kind of give a space for that, for sure. One of, one of the other things I think that I would love to hear your thoughts on Angela and crew and, and Marcus here is, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing a lot of in, 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 in the space and, especially it's happening in in the past 24 to 48 hours has been a, an, an uptick in off-platform harassment that winds up happening in this space. And I think I'm curious to hear your thoughts about, you know, we have well-known content creators who are in the YouTube space, like the quartering and others who have been, you know, specifically targeting Twitch, Twitch partners uh, and, and folks in the, in the grand content creation space in general, but, you know, especially folks that we have as ambassadors and folks that were in our, Black History Month um, um, activations mm -hmm. in there. My question for you would be, what's what's the work that's happening there to kind of help combat off-platform harassment and stuff there? I know that there were some additions to the TOS that talked to that. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I find to be um, more, most problematic is that, you know, once it moves off-platform and moves into social media spaces, um, it feels like there is a potential... Um, way to work with other platforms like Twitter or like YouTube uh, to, to, to combat this thing from multiple angles. I'm curious to know if any of those conversations are happening in a real way and, and what that kind of sounds like for you. 
So, yeah. So I do want to say thanks to DJ Wheat for just calling out. I think, you know, the creators really struggled, you know, with, I think, just the level of toxicity that was across multiple social services and for calling that out because um, at the end of the day, I hear you and, you know, thanks for bringing that. And we always can do better. At the end of the day, like, you know, we have a huge aspiration and like, you know, one day I hope we talk about pro-social change and all the positive stuff that's happening all oh, the yeah. time. Um, but back to your question about off services. So, you know, we do have a policy about off service enforcement. Um, if you, t you take a look at it, um, we are working on clarifying what that looks like. Mm -hmm. I, I am, I, we partner with other, um, other services as well. Um, I think we can do better as an industry there to better collaborate. Cause that's, you know, it makes it easier for our creators as well. If they feel like they have safe space, safe spaces, no matter where they're at. So we need to do better for sure. We are going to, um, the challenging part too, though, is just, you know, there's different terms and conditions and different community guidelines, depending on where you're at. Um, so, you know, again, we need to do better there, but we are actually working on something which, it's in progress, um, which we'll be sharing here shortly of what we're going to do from an off services perspective. Sure. And what I'm proud of, of the team and how Twitch is thinking about this will be something that I believe will be industry leading. And I think it'll be an experiment. I'm sure we'll, those things that will get wrong and things that will get right and we'll lean in with our community. But to your point, like we have to be more unified as an industry of how we think about safety across the board. Um, for underrepresented communities and just for creators in general. We thank need you, to do better. You. Uh, continue. I'll, I'll let you finish that point. Sorry. No, that's it. Uh, no, no worries. Marcus, you were about to jump in. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, I just want to say, and I practice what I preach here. I, yep. I swear to it. I did it four times today. Uh, <laughs> this transparency report showcases the numbers. And one of the things that it showcases is user reports. And mm. it is just so important. And I know like it's not because it's not necessarily a solution, but it is an existing tool that, you know, does ultimately at least help in these situations. I know the situations that you're speaking to. Yep. I'm not suggesting this is how we go about do it. I'm with, uh, you know, I'm definitely with you. I'm not yeah. a fan of any sort of creator, creator harassment that exists, especially, you know, um, but it is important, right? And, and whatever that is, please do report. I know it yes. means you're taking that little extra step, but, um, you know, I, I, on Twitch, on wherever, Twitter, YouTube, uh, you know, please do. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I, and I asked that question not to, I don't, I don't want folks to think that that's like a gotcha question. I don't want that to be the, the case in, in, in any form or fashion. I do, I do think that the thing that I get a chance to do specifically, not only talking to you now, but with the show is continue to surface up, you know, vis, vis, visibility stuff that, that in a way that sometimes, you know, other, other partners or other folks may not necessarily want to do, or, you know, I feel like it's to a certain extent as a, as a good steward of the internet and also as a, you know, Twitch ambassador and also as a person who just wants the space to be better, that uh, it's, it's an important thing to, to bring up to say, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm wondering what the thought thought process is from, from, yeah. from, from the platform in that respect is well, like what is happening in that way. And, and, I, and I understand that, that people have visibility into it. It's not like I think you're all blind to it. I know 
uh, you know, I, I, I see my likes too, you know, <laughs> in terms of people who I know who are working at the platform who are like, yeah, I understand that this is a thing that's happening. So um, I appreciate that answer. I think that that's great. And I'm, and I'm excited to see what that solution that you're going to wind up kind of coming up with that's going to hopefully move that needle forward is going to wind up being. We want to be a part of that movement too. Uh, to figure out how that works um, in a bigger and broader way. Um, what was some, had, I wrote down questions, la, la, la. Um, uh, oh. I do want to amplify what DJ Wheat yeah. said just a little bit more about the user reporting. Mm-hmm. And that's an area that we're also trying to improve, you know, so people, like, it's our community, right? It's not Twitch's community. It's not the creator. Like, how do we lead in to make sure people are feeling that, you know, they're getting that feedback loop? And we've improved our user reporting where mm-hmm. you actually get an email back and we're actually working through, like, mm-hmm. if you, re- the reason you report it, we actually will come back to the, yes, we, we did enforce on that. We have some opportunity to do more, some more improvements on different use case scenarios. But that feedback is really important important to us and we're working on some improvements for user reporting so more people lean into doing it i'm happy you said that because there was one thing that i when i was watching the the stream that you did yesterday and i was happy to see that you're kind of broadening out what that what that's going to be and and kind of the fullest best version of it that again everything that we do in the trust and safety because i do this in my day job trust and safety and dni spaces is 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 always going to be whip right it's always going to be work in progress right the Mm -hmm. the thing that i'm uh, curious about from that perspective is, you know, a thing that, or a thing that I would like to see, I should say, is for V2 of whatever this is going to wind up being, I think one of the things that we see from the community always is less on the, hey, I got a strike and here's the reason why I got, you know, banned for a day or, or, or t- taken down for, you know, however long my ban was. I think one of the things that we have been talking about in our community has been we're hoping to see what happens to the other person that we have reported, which I think is is super important to the conversation because one, it lets us know and, and helps to, 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 to fix the, the um, conversation that we're having around, hey, Twitch is not doing what it's supposed to do whenever I put up a, a, a complaint or put in a, you know, put in a report. Um, two, it gives us an ability to figure out when we have to kind of hunker down again. So supposing I, you know, suppose Marcus comes through to my stream and I report him for being loud and he's just that loud in my stream, wow. right? I can't believe you, Marcus, yeah. you were loud in my stream. You used my email four times in a row. How dare you? <laughs> um, um, and then I report him, right? And, and you know, he gets banned for whatever the infraction was. Um, if he's a repeat offender, or even if he's not, it gives me the ability to know like, okay, when I get that report back, it was a 14 day ban. I know on that 14th day to keep my, keep my radar up, right. To say, you know, even if I banned him or if that conversation is there, that what was the thing that happened? So then as a part of our community, we're a cosign community, right? Which we're yeah. talking all the time about like, here's my block list. Do you need it here? You know, here are the folks who we've put out that, that, that were bad actors in our community. Here's the conversation that you need to have. I would love to know if that's going to be something that you're thinking about of like sharing and relaying some of that information in the newer versions of whatever that may be coming down the road. And if not, I would love to offer that up as, as a, as a suggestion, put that in the suggestion box for us to say like, Hey, here's the thing we hope to see. So I'll break it down into two different areas. You know, one is we're working on work. We're working on empowering our community. So, how can we share more information across moderators, et cetera, yep. when it comes to bad actors? 
I'm going to say something about the whole reporting mechanism where you have to be careful because people can weaponize it. Sure. Right. So that's one thing, you know, cause you know, people worry about spam botting and like, you know, like go and report people, which they weaponize our reporting system. Sure. So it's a delicate balance of how much information we want to share back to the person that's doing the reporting. Sure. We want you to know that if some, you know, what you reported, we actually took action on and yes, that happened. But I, I'm not going to commit to like how much information we'll be sharing. Cause my fear is, what could happen is the weaponization of that where people then oh, I figure out a way to you know, make sure that I, I um, report against DJ Wheat. And now I know how wow, to I'm get him banned. getting him okay, so much so getting- Marcus, man, you troublemaker out here, brother. <laughs> but we are looking at how we can share information with moderators and channels, et cetera, with bad actors, people that sure. are malicious. Um, so that is definitely on our roadmap of how we can do better sharing that information so you have more uh awareness and clarity okay perfect I, that 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 gives me me and the rest of the you know the bunch of people who are in the chat right now a, a good amount of information to take with them i think that that's that's the answer that i was looking for for now is, is to see what that winds okay. up being um a couple of quick hits because i know we were, we're almost running out of time with with, with you two it are a lot of conversation in the community has been around ip bans and mac address and mac address mm-hmm. bans what are your what are your thoughts about about that? Um, well, I um, interestingly enough, um, I am looking at a spec document of how we could do that. It's complex, so sure. there's nothing like we can commit to that we're doing. I do want to say it is on our radar on how to approach it. Okay. Um, the challenging part is if you have people at colleges, how do you do it in a ways with <laughs> IP ban so that you're not banning innocent people? Um, I do want to say ban evasion is a priority for us and just in general. So there are mm-hmm. other ways we're looking at this from a technology perspective. So we're, we're looking at multiple ways we could do this, both for the channel level and at a service level. Um, so we are looking at how we could do uh, be better at ban evasions. And there's multiple diff- opportunities that we're looking at to do this. And, you know, it'll probably will be a crawl, walk, run approach, just to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but we are looking at how we can do that. And whenever we put in new technologies or policies, we always try to be careful that we don't impact people in a, in a more negative way that we hadn't thought through it. So it's also like to back to that college situation. We wouldn't want to impact those that are at college so that they couldn't play or be on Twitch. And, and, and I'm happy you said that because uh, one of the things that I, as a person who used to be in IT, uh understands is that the conversation that i often hear online is like why don't they just do that it's pretty easy isn't it and that answer is not true um and i hadn't thought about the institute the the university version of that right you don't want to ban a whole entire institution from being able to to jump on twitch in that way so that that makes a lot of sense yeah there's a lot of instances like that too i i mean look I've been a creator and, and, and at Twitch for 10 years. And, uh, this is something that I've always kind of wished that we could just boom. And I understand there's a lot of delicacies and a part of that. My understanding was having to learn about it can affect this. It can affect this. You know, if you ban that, it could be an entire college of 10,000 people that get affected. (laughs) The, the other thing that really has to be noted, because I know for many of us, it's so easy to say, this should be simple. And right. in some ways, technically banning an IP is possible, but not only are, uh, do you have kind of all those little instances, but it's almost just as easy to evade. 
right? And, yeah. and you know, to the point there's a way to evade with usernames, but there's also a way to get your IP changed. And uh, there's VPN. So there's other just right. really, I mean, you are in IT, right? It's a yes. very nuanced subject and, yeah. and you never want to punish those who don't deserve to be punished in that regard. And, and that's but, the reason yeah. why I asked it, because I want, I want, the, I want that answer to come from, from the folks who are actually doing the work to say, it's not that easy. <laughs> and we know, and, and you know, I want to, again, give you space to, to, to just share that in a way where, you know, some people might not have thought about that version of the, the, the full equation. Um, last question I have for, for, for both of you um, is around. Ah, I should have asked that early. Damn it. I missed it. Anyway. Um, was there anything in the, was there anything in the, in the report and, and kind of getting it back to, to, to the, to the team that actually surprised you uh, in terms of information that you kind of sought out and then were like, huh, I didn't have, I didn't expect to see that number in this way, or, huh, I didn't expect to, to, to see that those numbers weren't as bad as, as, as the kind of community kind of bubbles up as, as being, you know, one of the biggest kinds of parts that they're, they're worried about. So I, here's what I love about the report that's actually unique to Twitch and it was a surprise to me was we did it um, both from absolute numbers yeah. and that we also did it by a rate. So understanding like being able to say, hey, what was the rate per 1000 hours watched? And I think what surprised me was the fact that you could see the growth in Twitch. Like I, I, I knew we were growing, but I think it was that, wow, if you look at the numbers based on the growth we saw in the service, it's it's relative. And that mm. this is scale that we put in. I mean, the team was just firing on all cylinders with technology and operations, et cetera. So I think it was just like, when we saw the absolute numbers, we're like, okay. But then understanding that rate of growth related to the enforcements and the user reporting. It was, it was eye-opening for me. Mm. And anything Marcus on your end? I, I mean, I, I kind of have to, I kind of have to agree. I had a lot of the same questions about the like measuring by thousand hours watched and, um, and, and then the absolute numbers. But I think you have to go back again to the growth um, because 2020 was an interesting year for all of us. And it uh, resulted in some, you know, interesting, uh, you know, hours watch increases. So, um, that inherently is going to mean potentially more, but understanding how much more and how that actually relates, because I think if you don't have that number, then it does, you can interpret the data in a way that's like, wow, there was a lot. But contextually, when you look at, well, the guidelines were updated and these tools were put in and the there was uh, complete hours watch growth, then that, you know, that larger gap maybe becomes right a, a little bit uh, less significant. And I think like that's ultimately important. And what I'm guessing will play out a little bit more as transparency reports come out i i mean i'm saying that hoping we don't have another crazy 2020 and the way we did but i wouldn't mind some growth that's okay growth is good for all of us but um yeah i mean seeing I, I, that number and how that will map to previous reports as well yes i, I did see one other question that i do want to get you before i let you go because it was actually really important and someone asked me to say to, to, to bring this up um if someone is banned from their channel and they don't want them to be able to watch the stream or watch their VODs. Is there any thought to any technology to kind of help that be a thing that kind of gets removed from the ecosystem? 
Yes, that's in progress. The team is looking at how, um, an opportunity of how to do that. So that's that's what I can tell you. Um, we're looking at how we can do it. I know it seems, again, like it would be really easy to do, but yep. they're now looking through how they could do that in a thoughtful way. Okay. That's uh, folks in the chat who are asking, you got an answer. There you go. So, 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 uh, take, take that and, and, and we can, we can move on from that part of the conversation, but I'm happy that you had a, uh, an answer for that. And I'm excited to see what that's going to wind up being, uh, moving forward in the future. Um, Angela Marcus, again, thank you so much for the time. I really do appreciate this. I, 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 I again, want to, you know, give you both some props for, for coming on. I know a lot of times, Folks get a little bit worried about having these conversations with with folks directly from the community, but I think you 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 ran the gauntlet well, and you know you did you did a fantastic job here on the show. Let's have more. And That's I would like I to think. do Let's this have more. more. Yeah. I, again, yeah. I think yeah. that, I think our show is a fantastic place to do that work with you all and and have those conversations in a in a brilliant and, and bigger way. So again, you both have uh, seats at the table whenever you want to come back to Chicago and hang out with me and, and do more of this work. So um, awesome. again, thank you for being here and for hanging out thank with you. us. Uh, everybody in chat, we're going to go take a quick break. Uh, we're going to run to the virtual bathroom uh, and, and, and make things happen uh, so that we can get everything, everything back into order for the rest of the show. Uh, while we're doing that, check out this dope, dope, dope ad from our wonderful folks over at Fanbyte and the wonderful show Channel F. Angela, Marcus, thank you so much for being here. Great. Thank you. Thanks, chat. Cheers. Bye. Take it easy. Peace. Hey, Bricago. Merrick Kay here from Fanbyte. Did you know that Spot on Me is a part of the Fanbyte Podcast Network? We produce a ton of other great shows like Channel F, a podcast where we talk about the games we're playing. Can I just say yeah. how much I would love for there to be a Hitman game that's just about making people experience embarrassing social faux pas, trying to like prank people and make it seem like they had farted or like tripped on something. <laughs> that would be like very good. Dig up weird finds at thrift stores. So the uh, listing says okay. Bung Doctor V64. <laughs> And take your questions about the best jokers. Lovars Martin asks, what's the best or coolest weapon ever given to a mech? Gundam Fusion Rebake has a really good... Oh, give, me, sorry. give me that one more time. Gundam Fusion Rebake. Yo, I heard you. <laughs> Gundam Fusion. <laughs> I personally guarantee that listening to Channel F will make you a better, smarter, more powerful version of yourself. So go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts or search for Channel F on your podcast app of choice today. Improvement not guaranteed. Listening to Channel F may cause jokeification. What the D.O.B. everybody here in Chicago. Thank you so much for coming back. This is the Spawn on Me podcast with your host, Khalif Adams. I am Khalif Adams. I'm happy to be here with you all rocking here on the front page of Twitch, here in podcast land, here in Twitch land. I want to give, again, a huge shout out to Angela and to Marcus for being here and, and being so transparent, as, as the word would wind up being for the rest of the show. Um, I, I do want to say thank you. Uh, I see Marcus in the chat. Thank you, fam, for, for being here. Appreciate it. Um, uh, somebody in the, in the chat needed a Jimmy. Um, but I, I do want to say again, it is, it is important. And I think that the work that we do here, uh, with the show and giving, you know, uh, a space for, for nuance and a space for good conversation and a space for not only, you know, the, the, you know, our community and hopefully we as a cipher for, you know, especially the black and brown community to be able to have the conversations about the stuff that we're going through directly with folks from the platform is important. And I want to continue to use the 
the, the, the platform that we do have here to, 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 to get that good information out in a way that feels right, feels smart, feels like it's not full of shit. And also feels like we're, we're not, you know, we're not, um, we're, we're holding feet to fire in a nuanced and smart way, which I think is, is what we always want to do here. I think that is especially reasonable. Uh, and I think that I want to be able to continue to do that here on our show. Um, so thank you everybody in the chat for, for sending in really good questions. I missed some of it cause I was running the show and, and, and had my own kind of questions prepped. So, you know, if there are other things that you want us to dig into at some point, please let me know. I think that there is, um, good ways to do that. I think that there's going to be, you know, more conversations that happen in the future with, with folks from the platform and excuse me. And I want to be able to, um, figure out good ways to do that here. So, um, uh, first of all, thank you all for rocking and, and making it happen. I think that the answers that we got, we're, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty on point. Like, I think that, you know, Angela talking about some of the potential ways in which, uh, you know, things can go wrong is, is important. I think that that is a thing, uh, that as a platform, you're trying to mitigate and figure out good ways to build out smart and, 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 and proper ways to, um, you know, get people in a, in a good spot. I think that that's always going to be a thing that you're trying to figure out. And, and while you're doing that, keeping enough people safe while having an exponential growth on the platform is not an easy thing. I think it's not, you know, giving excuses to things that have gone wrong. I think we've all been extremely vocal about those things in, 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 in ways that make sense. Um, but I also want to make sure that like we're, we're paying attention to the fact that this stuff isn't easy. It's not an easy job to get this amount of, of, of millions of people to behave. Um, and while also trying to build tools into a system that is going to work for everybody is extremely difficult. I think that, you know, if we give them a little bit of grace in that respect, um, I think that that's important to think about. Um, and I also think that we get a chance to continue to do that work as parts of the system and as parts of the, you know, parts of the, the community. I think we get a, a very, uh, we, we are the ones who are driving this in a lot of different ways. We are the ones who are on the front lines of this for sure. Um, I want, I want to jump in the chat and really quickly, uh, so it's so simple for users to say, Hey, Twitch. So this is so easy without understanding the back end of everything and the scope of scale of these projects. Yeah. Shout out to Kate. Massive love to Kate. Who's one of my favorite streamers on the platform. And, and that's true. I think that the answer is of why don't you just do that? That doesn't work, especially on scale and especially on you know, things that are nuanced. The one, one question I did want to ask that I forgot because it, it bounced out of my head towards the end of it was one, uh, what's the conversation around machine learning and colloquialisms that are cultural? I've, I botched that by not, ask, not asking that question. I, I messed that up because that was the thing that I wanted to ask and I missed it. Um, but, you know, I was surprised and didn't think of the conversation about universities when it comes to IP bans and why that could be dangerous for, for a platform like that. That makes massive amounts of sense, right? Of like, well, why can't you just do an IP ban? Well, because you might knock out a whole school from having access to your, to your, to your website. And that's one as an IT person, annoying as F. <laughs> and also, you know, from their perspective, they don't want to do that in that way either. So that also makes a lot of sense um, in some of those ways. So again, my, my want for all of you at home listening in podcast land and on Twitch land is I want, 
you to continue to think about ways that we can build better systems for ourselves to continue to be safe, which we're always doing and always kind of making happen. Um, and I also want us to be able to give, you know, folks behind the scenes, some, 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 some grace and understanding that it takes a lot of stuff to get these things done. And I want from the platform, a continued effort to, to let us know that one, they're giving a shit and, and, and paying attention to not only just the way that we do what we do, but also a space to be able to figure out how to, um, uh, uh, build good tools that are, are, that are thinking about all the facets that make up what we do as a community. You know, I, I bring this up all the time about like what black culture means to, to, to Twitch and, and how we maneuver very differently than a lot of other groups on the platform. And that comes from a cultural understanding and that cultural understanding you need people who are working behind the scenes who understand that and can voice that up to higher ups and to decision makers so that they can understand how to build better tools for us. Um, and I think that is the part that we're, um, that we're trying to focus on in that way in, in, in a bigger and broader sense. So again, thank you all for, for that, for sure. I think that that was a fantastic conversation coming in from them. Um, we don't have a lot of stuff this week. Uh, in terms of news, I think one of the biggest things uh, that came out was the purchase or the acquisition of uh, Media Mediatonic 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 uh, makers of Fall Guys by Epic Games. I think that is a very very cool thing that they have been able to do. Um, you know, uh, it, was, it was very cool to see that that particular group who you know. So many of us have been playing that game for a long period of time. I think it, it is it is very, very cool um, that we should be able to figure that out in, in, in that way and that they have made now a crack, crap ton of money. Um, and that's something that we want to make sure that that's a part of the conversation. Um, I am very happy for them. I know that a lot of people, when they hear the conversation around acquisition, they're like, well, this is not going to change everything in that, res in that respect. And it's not going to be as good as it was before. And, you know, I think that now... We'll see, um, we'll see a lot of things happen in that space for that particular game, um, that we hadn't seen before. Um, just sending a quick, quick message. Um, the thing that I think is going to be the coolest part about all of that is now we've already seen what happened in the Fortnite space with them kind of, um, you know, adding more IP to everything that they've been doing. Now, because they have Epic kind of backing them in that way, it's going to be wild to see what happens when they start pulling in everything that Epic has already been able to pull in in real ways with actual licensed stuff. Um, and that's going to be wild to see what's going to happen. I feel like they're going to be able to, you know, change the way that they've been looking at that game in a bigger and broader way. They're going to have more resources to do more work in that space. It makes me a little bit sad because I wonder if that means that, or maybe, maybe it doesn't, you know, uh, I, was, I was about to say, I wonder for smaller, not smaller creators, for creators who have been doing work, especially with them, like Fall Mania from our, from the fam, Grand Pooh Bear, uh, who has been doing the best, literally the best tournaments with Fall Guys involved on the planet. Um, seeing the work that he's been doing, I now wonder now if that even helps to grow that in a bigger way where you see, you know, either 
two things will happen. They'll start to pull, pull that stuff away from creators who are already kind of doing the homegrown version of that stuff, or they wind up partnering with those kinds of creators and saying, Oh, you've already been doing this kind of stuff. Let's adopt some of the stuff that you've been doing in terms of the way you've been running your tournaments and the way that you've been kind of thinking about that, that project um, in that way, that's going to be kind of cool to see. I want to see what that means for, 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 for spaces like that, because, you know, Pooh Bear, who I love has, has been killing it in terms of, you know, spending his time, effort, money, and, you know, other folks uh, in that space to literally grow the tournament space around Fall Guys in a bigger way. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, folks like Epic want to work with him um, and do that stuff in that space now because he deserves it. You know, I see Kate rocking in the chat and, and she's been brilliant and, you know, been kicking ass on all of those on all of those uh, competitions as well. There's a really cool community there that has been growing um, in that space um, in a in a bigger way. So so that kind of stuff is super cool to see um, from from that perspective. Um, for me, I think, you know, alongside that, I want to see what else they're going to be able to do. Um, it makes me think like, oh man, now that we have aliens in, excuse me, aliens in, you know, Fortnite with Ripley and, you know, the, the, the alien, actual alien in it, like, do we get alien skins now in Fall Guys? Is that a thing that we'll wind up seeing? Do we see, you know, Ghostbusters or some other stuff in the game at some point? Like the, the, the ceiling is like not there anymore <laughs> in terms of them being able to do whatever they kind of want to uh, with that game. Uh, there's going to be so many crossovers for stuff, like so many things that they're going to be able to do. And it feels like they're, they're just going to continue to blow up. It's going to be wild to see, you know, what that means for them in that, in that particular space. So, um, that's going to be very, very cool. Uh, I'm hyped for them in that respect for sure. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any other stuff that popped up this week um, that I want to dig into. Um, let me see something real fast. I was going to talk about, uh, oh, there's a, a new report that just popped up. Um, actually, I think probably within the last couple of hours. So Bloomberg reported that a new version of the switch everybody's been kind of thinking about this too everybody's been like well what's going to happen with the switch point you know 2.0 is that going to be a thing um luke plunkett from over at kotaku reports that the uh a model has been talked about to be out sometime this year that is going to have the same size of the screen uh and also when you dock it we'll be able to play 4k games but the games you'll play directly on the device are going to wind up being um, 720p. Uh, let's see. The original report was very light on detail, saying that only Nintendo has looked into including more computing power and 4K high-definition graphics, but that has now been clarified to say that this new model will feature an OLED screen made by Samsung, which will feature seven inches across. Uh, currently, the Switch that we have now models are 6.2 and 5.5 inches for the regular and light respectively and, and feature a 720p resolution. It will also perhaps even more importantly output 4k visuals when connected to a TV, which would make for one hell of a res resolution change when switching between docked and handheld mode. One of the things that I did see uh, during this conversation was on Twitter, right when this got talked about was how is the hell that going to work for developers? That's going to be real rough for those folks. 
uh, who have to figure that part out um, in a real way. So I don't know what they're going to do when it comes to that, for sure. I think that that's going to be rough for them to have to account for when it comes to all of that. I'm disappointed. I'll be honest. Like, I want that thing to be as beefy and as nuts when it's not docked uh, than, you know, even when it is docked. I have an expectation for things to be, you know, super beefy in that way. Um, I, I, I want that to be a workhorse when it's in handheld mode. I want that to be where it actually winds up doing the most work is in that particular space. Cause I think that for me is where I'm going to be doing most of my play. I want it to not necessarily be, you know, docked and having to think about it in that way. That's not the way I want it. I want it to be something that's actually a little bit different in that space. So I'm a little bit disappointed in that. I, I'm, I'm sad that that's not going to be a thing. And then, you know, whatnots in the chat says, you know, wouldn't battery life be a problem? Absolutely. It would. I think, Battery life would be a problem, but there's also ways that you can mitigate that where you make it a little bit heavier, you make it a little bit chunkier and you make it a little bit bigger. You know, you're going to have to compensate for that in a battery kind of way, uh, which I think is okay. I think, I think if you ask most people who are doing that work and playing with that game in that space, they would sacrifice a little bit more weight for a little bit more power. Um, I think that's, I think that's a lot to ask for. But I think with technology and the way that it works now that there, that there should be a way to get there. Um, I don't think that there's not a way to get there. Um, I'm hoping very, very much so that there's a way to, to make that happen in a, in a bigger way. Um, so let's see, I, I think that that's going to be, you know, something hopefully that we wind up seeing very, very soon. Um, it would be cool to be able to see that be a thing. And, um, let's, let's hope cause I, the, the current, you know, idea around it. I'm not that sense, not that ex, uh, um, excited about what that means. Gamertag Radio says in the chat, 720p handheld is fine, and an OLED with a better processor that hits 4K means battery to be a lot better. Yeah, it's a balance, right, of screen screen resolution and battery and all that kind of stuff, um, which which is going to be where it winds up landing for sure. Um, last news story for the show this week, and again, thank you to the almost 6,000 people who are here currently listening and watching the show on Twitch. Again, make sure you're checking us out. Twitch.tv slash spawn on me is where you can find us every Wednesday, 6 PM PST um, is and kind of speaking to the conversation we just have with Angela and Marcus. Uh, there's a story also on Kotaku from Luke Plunkett that says man charged banned man charged and banned from FIFA after sending racist DMS to actual legendary player. Last May, Irish teenager, Patrick O'Brien, I was playing a game of FIFA and one of the players he was controlling was, was from Arsenal in England, uh, legend Ian Wright. O'Brien lost that match. And so decided to jump into Wright's DMS and send him in a success, uh, send him a succession of disgustingly racist attacks. Uh, Wright took screenshots of the deeply racist messages and posted them on Twitter at the time. The independent reports that O'Brien now 18 was subsequently charged following his outburst in this week faced court. Uh, he faced, uh, in court where he was escaped. We, I'm sorry. We escaped a criminal conviction after a judge decided that the abuse was clearly racist, reprehensible, and utterly abhorrent. Uh, they weren't actual views held by the teen, but instead words said in the heat of the moment, a young, immature and naive man who has donated $500 to the Irish network against racism. Um, 
the, the, the report says, I'm not sure I've ever seen a heater gamer moment used in a legal context before. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, Wright actually put something on his Twitter about how that kind of has worked. Um, he says, I, Ian Wright, who's the, who's the player, he says, I've seen judgment and, uh, and I'm disappointed. This case was never about revenge. It was always about consequent consequences for acts of racism. My forgiveness of this young man was for my own deeply personal need and desire to move forward without further anguish. I'm a 57 year old man that has experienced racism throughout my life. I wasn't expecting my forgiveness to be an invitation to a light to light in a sentence. Seeing this judgment, I can only wonder what deterrent there is for anyone else who spouts this kind of vile racist abuse. An, indivi indivi an individual wish death upon me because of the color of my skin. No judge's claims of naivete or immaturity will ever be acceptable to us. The supposed, uh, supposed immaturity and naivete of our attackers is never any comfort. So yeah, I am disappointed. I'm tired. We are all tired. That fucking sucks. That is so trash. And that is so one of those things where we've seen that often. And I know, I know, I know in the same ways that we've seen people who have shot up churches, go get Burger King. This is the same kind of thing where we see this whole idea that you can kind of be in that space and be that person and not understand that you are given the benefit of the doubt, even though you did some super racist nonsense. That is wild and terrible and gross, and I hate it. Um, but it is not a thing that we are surprised by. It is definitely a thing that makes you tired, tired, tired. Um, can't believe that dude got a slap on the wrist for that. That just made me mad. Anyway, um, ugh, that's just wild. Um, one of the last things we want to do this week is uh, we're going to talk a little bit about who's invited to the cookout. Um, but hold on one second. Uh, Roberto Gold in the chat says, can we talk about the sports world? JJ Watt as a Cardinal? No, we're not going to talk about that. What are you talking about? <laughs> that is not what we're going to talk about right now. God damn it. Uh, matter of fact, let's just run over to the cookout and see who's invited this week. So this week on the cookout, we have a very, very cool person to rock with this week. If you are a fan of the DLC podcast, uh, you should currently, if you're in the chat live with us on twitch.tv slash spawn on me, type exclamation point Spicer, S-P-I-C-E-R in the chat. Um, if you are, you know, I'm a big fan of the DLC podcast. I'm a huge fan of the work that my fam, you know, Jeff Kanata and Christian Spicer do. Christian Spicer in his day job is a, is a, is a real life comedian uh, who does fantastic stand up all across the world. Um, and we've become friends over the past, you know, six, seven years that I've been doing this stuff. Um, and, and he has a really cool project that he is working on. He started a Kickstarter. Um, and it's going to be really cool. I got a chance to check out the work that's going to be in it. Um, and I got a chance to see it early. And I, I, I'm, I am, you know, besides him being my friend and being a fucking fantastic human being, it is cool to see people go a little bit outside of the scope of what you are used to them seeing. Um, and I'm really excited to see his project kind of flourish. So um, he sent us a video to share 
Uh, and I want all of you at home to check this out. Uh, so again, you know, give him some love, check out this particular part of the show. And also, you know, give that man some love over in the Kickstarter. Again, the Kickstarter, we'll be sharing the links out in so on our social channels in the, in the show notes for the episode. Um, and if you're in chat again, uh, exclamation point Spicer is how you get the link to the Kickstarter. But here's Christian telling about it in his own words. And we'll be right back after that. Hey, Spawn on me. What's up, Khalif? Hello, Twitch. My name is Christian Spicer, and I just launched a Kickstarter for my very first comic book. It's called Consequences. It's live right now. And I'm working with an incredible group of people that helped bring this book from my head onto the page. It's just incredible. But Khalif, the reason I wanted to send you this video, because I know we're going to be talking about this more uh, later this month, is our friend Corey Schmitz, who is an incredible um, designer and artist and worked on Valorant, Ghost of Shima, uh, every, everything, all, all of them. Um, anyway, he is working on the logo uh, for Consequences and... Yeah, first time I'm showing it, first time here. This is not final. This isn't necessarily what's going to be on the book, but I wanted to give you a little sneak peek before we talk later in the month of this work in progress logo for consequences from Corey. I love it so much. I'm I'm just blown away by it. I love it so much. I think it captures the energy and the emotion of what this book is. It's about Cara Diol. She's a mercenary trying to outrun her past and confront her future confront her future. I can't talk. I'm so excited. Um, yes, yeah, so I wanted to show you that. Also a bonus. This isn't the cover, but here's a little snip, just a little something, a little, a little mock-up maybe. Again, kind of conveying that energy. I love it. Lana Bashinsky uh, is doing the art for the, it's, oh, it's so good. Anyway, Khalif, you know, I love you. Um, I'm excited to talk more about it with you later this month, but yeah, that's it. That's the tease. That's the world exclusive. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, man. Thanks for this. Shout out to the fam Spicer, who, again, I love. I am so hyped for him uh, to be able to get this out into the world. Let me say off the bat, because we're going to have Christian on the show next week. He's going to be on the show to talk about this specifically. Uh, so he's going to be on here. World premiere uh, only on Spawn on Me. Um, I got a chance to see what is what is going to kind of be the first episode. And yo, it, I am, I am, I've kind of lost. I've been off the, the video, the video game. I've been lost off the comic book train for a minute. I was reading this and I was like, yo, this is going to be wild as fuck. It's going to be so cool to see him and, you know, the folks he's writing with, get this thing together and, and bring it to the world in a real way. Besides that, the thing that I'm, I think you might've missed during that part of his video, Corey Schmitz is one of my favorite graphic designers on the planet. He has done some of the dopest stuff ever. If you looked at the, if you looked at the, um, if you looked at the design for control, he did that, the, the logo for control. Uh, he did the logo for sound shapes. He's done the logos for, um, so many other games and other properties. And like, there are very few people who I'm like, yo, if I had money and I wanted to do a thing, who would be the designer that I'd want to work with? I've always wanted to do something with, with Corey Schmitz. He is so dope. So when, um, so when Christian was like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do, we, like, we both love him. He was like, yo, we're going to, we're going to hopefully get Corey to do this. I was like, please get Corey to do it. Cause I'm so hyped for you. It's going to be wild as hell. And it's going to be super, super dope. 
So Corey, again, like uh, TD just just shared a, a link in the in the chat of some of the work that he's done in his portfolio. Um, like again, he's done the branding for Control. He did the the, the branding for Valorant. He did the branding for F- Phenomena. Uh, he did the original uh, uh, PlayStation podcast logos. You know, he's done so much stuff over the years. He did a bunch of stuff for, but he did Below's stuff. He did stuff for Polygon when they did their rebranding. So, like, I I am a huge fan of Corey Smith. Corey Smith, and knowing the work that he's done, and that Christian is going to have him help to do the logos and branding for this kind of thing is wild as as as, as all get out. So, make sure again hit that that link uh, once we have this up on YouTube and on uh, the show notes on the podcast, uh, make sure you go and check that out. Again, if you're in the chat right now, uh, exclamation point Spicer uh, to get a direct link for the Kickstarter, go support the fam. I think, you know, I think they already are maybe half the, the amount that they need. I think they're, they're trying to raise $8,000 to get this off the ground and they may be at half of it. I think already, if there's a person that I co-sign and think there's a good person in the world that you would want to go check out his work, and support it. That's Christian. Um, so, so give him some love for me um, and getting that stuff together in that way for the fam. Um, so we're going to get up out of here for this episode of the show. Stick around for the post show. If you're here live on Twitch, we'll be hanging out for another 10 to 15 minutes or so after the normal show uh, for everybody else here in podcast land. Again, please let me know what you thought of the show this week. Um, you know, let me know if we did a good job, uh, talking to folks from Twitch. Uh, and if we, you know, if you feel like we did, did it justice, uh, that's always good feedback for that here. Also, if you're new to the channel, thank you so much for being here. Um, and also a thing that we're definitely trying to get done is have more of you ask us questions for ask anything. Uh, you can hit us up at speakpipe.com slash spawn on me. If you want to ask me any question on the planet, Anything, anything from something that's super reasonable to something ratchet, it doesn't matter. I will definitely give you an answer and we'll put it up in a, ne- in a, in a new episode of Ask Ka Anything happening very, very soon. So make sure you do that uh, and make it happen for us here in Chicago. So uh, hang out for the post show. We'll be right back after this. Much love to you all. We'll see you all next week. Uh, and in the post show, after we're done with it, we're going to raid somebody. So don't go anywhere uh, until until we do that for sure. So we'll see you in one second. Peace, y'all.